Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Hope you're doing well. How you doing, buddy? Man, James Ross. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. It's why you good? What's what's good? God is good. Yeah. All the time. All the time. <laughs> I only said that because you leaned over and we're like, Yeah, yeah. No, I was doing that. I was waiting for it, you know. Oh man. There was like that was like a thing. Remember, like yeah. God is good all the time. All, all the, the time. time. God, God is, is good. good. Yeah. How many of you grew up saying that in church? I remember like when I first started going to church, people said that, you know. So I don't know. Oh, there was a song it's, for it too. Oh, was, oh, God is good all the time. Yeah, and you just all gotta the sing time. it. Yeah. God is good. Okay. You know, so I have to, I have to say this. This is funny because Leah uh, you Brown have to say this. Have to because you said a few weeks ago on uh, Sunday you referenced the song. Um, I'm so glad I'm a part of the yeah. family of God. And I think you maybe you said on Boggy Talk too, but um, I told her I grew up singing that song, and it wasn't until you said the lyrics in service that I realized it was joint heirs with Jesus. Yeah. I always thought it was join hands with Jesus. Oh wow! Because that's just we never put the lyrics on the screen. Yeah, and y'all held up. hands, and hands, we held right? hands. It was yeah, join yeah. hands. With Jesus. So I just had this picture of we're joining hands with yeah. Jesus, walking the sod. And I was like, joint heirs. That's so mm. much more biblical. That is. Because uh, it is. We are joining I mean, heirs we're with joining Christ. hands with Jesus, so, too. Yeah. So I just cracked up. Somebody, like, hey. somebody the other day was like, so I was telling to my son, you know, when you were preaching on this, that really, you know, what it means is not just literal, but metaphorical. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> I'm like, it's literal. But what you're saying is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not what that text says. <laughs> but what, what you're saying is not an yeah. unbiblical idea. So they're we like, are joining hands with Jesus. You can but see we're in their face. They're like, hairs. okay. Yeah. I'm like, you're just imposing. This is what you're imposing other scriptures on that text. Yeah. You know. That's, we anyway. never do that. Yeah. We right. never do. Well, that. I'd rather you impose other scriptures than impose, you know, <laughs> your own your opinion. best life yeah, now. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway, so I am living my best life. Not really, actually, but that's later, right? With heaven to die is gain. But but I'm good, and you know. I think Valentine's Day is, what is that, tomorrow? I should know yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I just, February is one of those months. Uh, no offense to anybody whose birthday's in February. Or I have two loves, kids' birthdays in February. Who loves be, I have a kid with a birthday in February. I have a kid with, but I feel like February, is it's like Sam January. D? Yeah, Sam okay. David. Uh, January so ex- it's new, it's exciting. And then March is like, ooh, spring is almost here, spring break. And I feel like February is just like, meh, it's still February's the same year. busy for our it church is. all yeah, the time. There's Man, lots of stuff. You know what? Every month is, why do I keep doing yeah, that? Yeah, I know, right? That's what it feels like. I feel like it'll slow, it's not. You good so, though? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so this past weekend we had Night to Shine, which was great. Uh, and it was just so fun, but also- It was a lot uh, of work. It was a lot of work. And yeah. I'm not saying that to be like, I worked a lot, so feel, I'm did, saying, the team you did a lot of work. A lot. It was just a lot of extra. So praise God for. I awesome hope you're volunteers. off yesterday or today. At, at I some point, I am trying to take. Yeah, because I also at the same simultaneously had some big assignments due for school, so um, just trying to balance all that. Yeah. In the midst you know, of- oh, Christy and I, Ross and I, were talking the other day, and I was like, <laughs> we were just laying in bed talking. I was like, man, it's weird that I got my doctorate. <laughs> and we were like. <laughs> How did I do that? And I'm thinking about you too. Uh, you're, you're like, I'm how are you like, doing it? I don't right? know. Right now, uh, I'm making it. Uh, like, so. I don't think my sermons like stunk completely during <laughs> no, that season. You know, like God's good. The music's still good. We're still doing mission stuff. <laughs> They're still happening. Then there's lots of change happening here too. It's a doctorate, so, so you can't like C's get degrees. Like you got to pass those. Jokers. You have to it's like pass or you fail, have man. to turn in the paper. Like, <laughs> you, it's not and like it's got to be good. And the professors are like, if you're like. 
if there was a legitimate like you can't a death AI in the family, you can't that, yeah, no, it. not a bit. Uh, if you were those like a legitimate like, hey, there was a death in the family, like I need an extra week, they're gonna be gracious. But if it's like, hey, it was mm, just a busy month, it was just a busy Baptist month. They're schools. like, no. If you no. go to independent fundamental Baptist school, they're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should. Why? The rule is Why'd you, need you to let turn them die? In. Yeah, yeah seriously. that's basically yeah. Anyway. So anyway, that's not on topic for what we're talking <laughs> no, about today. No, it's not. But uh, what we are talking about uh, really is um, vision. Vision. So we talked about we had vision night last uh, last week. We we did an episode on recapping vision night, and we're talking about God's vision for our lives. Yeah. And really, some of the tensions that we experience. The next few weeks, we're going to explore this theme of the tensions we feel in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, have some special guests coming yeah, up. Hopefully so. Hopefully they say yes and confirm, and we mm-hmm. have them all here. That's true. Um, we probably need to ask them. We <laughs> have it. Confirm. Uh, so, um, <laughs> that's, that's any of you want to be guests on Boggy Talk? But don't know. Just, just kidding. No, don't, no open don't. invitation. No, there's no. Somebody's uh, going to email us like, yes, I would like to come and, and talk about like, this right now. I would like to come correct yeah, you on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're talking about really. Um, that wasn't any of you in particular. That voice, by the way. No, not not one. Uh, so how do we stay focused? Focused on God's vision uh, and direction for our lives when, man, there's a lot of competing visions for our lives. So um, let's dive in and talk about this. How do we, what, what, what would you say is God's vision for our lives? So, so uh, I think we should start with Proverbs chapter three, Mm -hmm. verse five and six, which is a pretty popular Bible verse or verses. Mm -hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's right. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths or whatever translation mm-hmm. you have memorized of that. So, so like we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart. So right. God's vision is that we listen to him and do what he says, like, and trust him, right? Like father trying to help us, like his vision is his good and our good, like, and those are intertwined. And so, mm-hmm. so we need to trust in God with all our heart. And we need to not lean on our own understanding and in everything we need to acknowledge him and then he'll make straight our path. So I think that's a good, that's kind of a good formula if you mm-hmm. want to use it because it's a proverb. So they, they can be interpreted that way. So let's start with like trusting the Lord with all your heart. Like what, it, what is, what does that really mean? I mean, I think it, it means like really getting to a place where it's God who you're saying, mm-hmm. I'm placing like the, the future of right. my life, the trust for the future of my life in and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, a good way to understand this too is to recognize, you know, maybe to articulate some of the things that are competing for that. For that, our heart? Yeah, for our heart, you know, yeah. like we, because I think most Christians would say like, yeah, I trust in the Lord with my heart because I believe in Jesus. Yeah, right. Um, in my heart of hearts. Yes, in my yeah. heart of hearts. But like, have that hedge of protection right. around my heart of hearts. Uh, so what does that mean and what does yeah. that look like to truly trust and surrender? And so I think you have to recognize. Die. Like, <laughs> basically, Paul yeah, says that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to trust in the Lord, like it's I not just, just startled like, someone. you know. Some little kid was sleeping in the back and they just heard me go, die, <laughs> die. on the podcast. Like, what? Yeah. what are you listening? Okay, sorry. Yeah, but it's more than just belief. It's but it's this active trust and and walking in faith, Um, and it really is like recognizing all the ways that uh, there are competing visions for our life. Yeah, and saying, Lord, that I don't want that vision. I want your vision for my life. Um, I I like to say, and I think I think I got this from someone. I can't remember who it was. Is it me? 
Probably nah, not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Just, no. It's way too wise for um, me. So in the garden, really the root of sin are three things, self-exaltation, self-gratification, uh, and self-protection. Mm-hmm. And you even see the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness being tied to that as well. And so ultimately, like at the root of competing visions, I would say is like our desire to exalt ourselves, our desire to gratify ourselves, or to be have pleasure and our desire to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and again, that's a man's yeah. explanation. Well, but, like but, first John, first John talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So similar okay. things. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we can, we can definitely impose all that on the yeah. text. I mean, it's similar things. Right? Yeah, right. no, it, you it, know, it it's is. the similar, like so, the self, self, self. So I think like those are the competing visions, right? Like, and, and, and back, back to trust in the Lord with all your heart. God says he's going to exalt us in heaven. Mm-hmm. Heaven is full gratification and heaven is security. So it's trusting in exaltation, protection, and gratification that comes from us or something else versus trusting God is for us, right? Right. Like, so I think like, do you believe God is for you? And if you believe God is for you, then you can take those steps in trusting him and not lean on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about leaning not on our understanding. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people would say, well, yeah, well, I pray. And I read the Bible. Um, and so that I would say, great, those are great steps uh, mm-hmm. to leaning not. I think there's there's the application of those things. And that comes back to like in these things, trust the Lord with all your heart, not your own understanding. It's, right. it's It comes back to what Paul, like a denial of self. Yeah. Like a, a repri- like God, your priorities take weight and precedent over my priorities, mm-hmm. transform my priorities to your priorities. Uh the counsel that comes from the wisdom that comes from counsel of others, but really trusting not in our own understanding of things. And like, I think we all naturally think we're right because that's just what we do. We think we're right about everything. And so having this posture of humility. Do you I, naturally think you're right about that statement you just made? I do. Okay. I think I'm right. I think I'm right in saying we all think we're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you are indeed. But <laughs> but like, I, I remember in college with uh, one of the pastors of the church, he was like my uh, like family that I got assigned to as a college student in that church, like to be like the, you know, every family adopt a college student who's away from home. And he said, my wife is always saying, you just go around thinking you're right. And I'm like, Yeah. I do. I don't go around saying things that I think are wrong on purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. because we all do that. And so it's acknowledging that like we may even, even if we're walking closely with the Lord, like our instinct may not be right. Like Mm -hmm. to submit Mm -hmm. all things to Mm -hmm. him. And that's good. Our instinct may not be right. Yeah. Yeah. And to trust that like, even, even though, um, something we may be drawn in a certain direction, it may not be, and it may not be wrong. Yeah. It may not be exactly what, how God is leading us right? Like, or, or exactly what God's desire is. So, um, well, and yeah. then, you know, so kind of all those things going together and all your ways acknowledge him. I think like, if you're trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not, leaning not on your own understanding, you're having to make decisions, right? About the direction of your life. But if you're acknowledging him in it, then it's going to alter that, yep. right? How that shapes yes. it. And then he makes path straight your path. So like career, mm-hmm. like a lot of people, the vision for their life is their career and that becomes their identity. Right. That's counter uh, to what the scripture teaches us. Like, yes, career might be the means by which, I mean, we need a job probably, mm-hmm. you know, to provide for our family and, um, m- and maybe there's certain things passions and interests and skills, but like the career has to be under the service of Jesus. And that is going to affect maybe what promotions you'll say yes to, uh, how fast you'll climb the ladder, um, where you, I mean, it's going to affect a lot and how 
you care about that career, but we can't let the career become the vision, mm-hmm. you know, or, or even family. And I know yeah. I would say if I were preaching to like our crowd, like, I think that um, a lot of times we think the Bible is just about being a good family man, a good mm-hmm. family woman. And like, and, and you see that like just this, this dismissal of a lot of teaching on being really tethered to a local church in our community yep. because family has become the goal and, and we're not acknowledging God and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and family has to be, you know, serve in service to, to God. And so, um, or maybe an interest. I mean, I could, I just, just go all kinds of places. And, and I would say specifically like ministers, you know, like pastors, like vocational ministers, they can let that role become the vision instead of being J- Jesus's servant, being the mission. Yeah. And I think what you're hitting on is like, you have to understand there are other people have competing. You have a competing vision, but also there's other people who have people who have competing visions for your life too. Yeah. And acknowledging that, and I was uh, just thinking this is a practical example of that. So I was uh, meeting with a guy who's dating a girl, and he's like, "How do I know if it's like God's will?" And kind of feeling like they're in later twenties, and he's like, "I think it could be the one, but not." And so. So I was trying to help him discern, you know, and he was being humble and asking. And I was like, so here's what you've got to do first is you've got to like, why do you feel the pressure to figure this out right Mm -hmm. now? Like, and so let's talk about that. And it's like, do you like, do you feel pressure because of people's expectations? Like, is it your friend's expectations Mm -hmm. of what your relationship should be? Your mama's. Your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, her parents. Is it society's expectations of you're this old? Like, okay, so. You've got to you've got to set you've got to acknowledge those things as real and then set them aside so that you can truly like take this to the Lord. And I think mm-hmm. that's an analogy for like in, in discerning these things. It's like you have to acknowledge all the things that are competing for your vision. Like if you're a parent, you know, like you're there's everybody else has a vision for your kid's life. The government has a vision for the like politicians, the you know the schools, uh, coaches we're entrusted to help them discern God's will for their life. Yeah. So everything's not even ours. Gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Not mm-hmm. yeah. And we have a vision for their life. Right. And are we like helping them discern like what is God's plan for your life? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> yeah, a great, no. uh, qu- that's a great mm-hmm. point. And I think, um, and really, I mean, the way to, and there's no like exact science here, right? Like I don't think God typically just says, Okay, James. So now it's I don't know why he's talking like that, yeah. but like it's time to he do has this. More exciting voice, yeah. Or even like okay, James, whatever, whatever <laughs> God voice you want to have. Like, but if I'm in the Word, mm. yeah, not just reading it to check off the box, but like listening and absorbing it, absorbing it, absorbing and praying. And we're doing this it's in like the afternoon. Me. That's what happens when we do this <laughs> in the afternoon. And I'm praying and I'm praying about things like, you know, we've been wrestling through some decisions about like our kids and schooling and just, I'm really like just praying Mm -hmm. and I have church, like I have biblical community, people who are getting to know me, who I can be like, Hey, in the council multitude, there's safety. And I'm listening to what the Lord is saying through those people. Um, And then I have people can speak into my life if they think I'm, I'm getting off track. Like I, and, and biggest one. And am I doing the things that God clearly says to do? Right. Like so many times we're praying like for God's, you know, will in our lives, but it's like, you're not, 
okay, you want God's will for your relationship, but you're living together before you're married and sleeping together. Like you don't, don't I love you. You don't really want right, God's you, will for exactly. your relationship. There has to be that, that, that obedience demonstrates the desire. Yeah. Yeah. The desire right. to truly honor. Yeah. So like, I mean, that was a low, that was low hanging fruit. Yeah. Right. But like, and I mean, Hey, look, if that's mm -hmm. you where you're at, like, Hey, I want you to get to a place where you say, you know what? I do need to surrender to the Lord yeah. in, in this area. And, and you can, you're not, I'm not better than you or anything, but like, I just think like, you know, people, I want God to be in control of my money. Okay. Are you giving to the Lord regularly? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, yeah, you actually huh? don't. Yeah. Like you want to be in control. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying you don't have some desire, but like, you're not taking those steps to trust in him with all your heart. Mm -hmm. You're leaning on your own understanding. Yeah. All, all. One of the all. questions we asked yeah. is like, how do we get pulled into those things? The answer mm -hmm. is Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Satan. Well, I don't know. Could the answer be Satan? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, the whole church lady Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. It's just a temptation of our heart. Like, he, you know, and we listen to that and we, we buy into the lie that like, like, and I think the root of that, so much of it is like our identity, a misplaced identity, uh, which, you know, we want to call the shots, but also say that we are submitting to God, but we're not. Um, and really like we fall for that because we think ultimately like the temptation is to exchange the truth of God for a lie. And right, the lie is right. the lie is that we need that more than we need right. Jesus. We, the lie is that God can't meet our need. Mm -hmm. We need to, mm -hmm. to pursue this, to have whatever, if it's financial security or uh, success or stability, whatever it is like to truly trust in the Lord with all of our heart rather right. than trust in circumstance. In Matthew six though, he's like, look how much I care about you. So don't yeah. worry, mm. right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added yeah. to you. Like it really is that simple. It's not easy. Yeah. And part of the reason it's not easy is, I mean, seriously, I, the more, the older I get, the more I'm like, there are spiritual forces at Oof. work against yeah. people yeah. living uh, out 100%. the God on their life. Yeah. 100%. You see it. And it's just like, there's no read like, oh my goodness. Why? Why? There's, there's just the enemy does not want people to doesn't want us to follow Jesus. You it's know? just interesting. Like, yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll get off track. We'll talk about spiritual warfare another time. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, we did not wrap that up, but just did we muddy the waters <laughs> enough? You know, I think the end result, what people want, like, and they're in their heart of hearts, uh, he will direct your paths. Yeah. And so how does that happen? Trust in the Lord. Paths. It's plural. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There might be more than one yeah. option. And and that's okay. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like, and I think that's we're afraid we're gonna mess it up. But like, no, you follow the Lord and He's gonna lead you yeah. in those paths of righteousness for His grace. Yeah, exactly. Right. So all right. Well, hey, maybe the muddy um, the, the muddy's a little watered or the water's a little muddied. Ooh, that was, uh, I don't know. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> I tried to save that, but there's no Let's saving. answer these questions. All right. So the first question is. Does God punish Christians? No. No. Well, I mean, I understand where this question comes from. Uh, all the punishment for our sin was placed on Jesus. Jesus. So yep. Jesus has taken the full penalty for our sin. But the word does say God disciplines right. those he loves. Yep. So all punishment is for sin is on Jesus. Uh, God loves us enough not to let us stay the same. And, and it doesn't. And his word speaks to the fact that there are consequences of sin. Yeah. So it's not that like you sin and God's like, oh, I'm going to get them now. It's like, no, there's consequences for your sin. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's consequences and there's discipline. Right. But the punishment is on the cross. 
Um, but I do think there's the realization that the punishment, you know, is coming for those who are not in Christ and, 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 you know, and that should lead us as believers not to abound in sin, but to be so grateful for his grace and, mm-hmm. and you know, anyway. Yeah. All right. I mean, we could expound on that, you yeah. like episodes on that, but I yeah. think that that's the simple nutshell answer. If you need more clarification or if you had a certain uh, situation in mind, just let us know. Um, next question is, what do you make of all this Alistair Begg stuff? Uh, so you want to provide the context for that really quickly? Yeah, I guess I will since I quote Alistair Begg a decent amount. So yeah. Alistair Begg, uh, pastor in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, you know, in his 70s, uh, been pretty faithful, uh, conservative, uh, Bible teacher recently uh, on, I guess, his talk show uh, he has, a mm-hmm. radio show. I his know, radio he, show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pastors and having little... Uh. <laughs> Oh, wait, right. wait, that's what we're doing. Um, anyway, <laughs> a, a lady had written in and asked like about going to her grandchild's uh, wedding uh, and her grandchild was a homosexual and whether or not she should go. Uh, he said she should go. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you know, because they both know where each other stand and it's an act of love. And then like people asked for the clarification on it and he he kind of doubled down on it. So um yeah, so I guess, you know, people are wondering and, and and people have definitely because they know I like Alistair Begg have mm-hmm. reached out to me about this. So uh I'll let you kind of answer because you're not as, you know in it. Yeah. You I haven't mean, followed him as much yeah, as I have. So I mean, I think I get, you know, I read a little bit about his response and so I understand where he's coming from. Thanks. You were probably it, like, wait, what? That's a question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, so- no I I mean so. This question isn't going anywhere, no, church. No, like, and in fact, it's only going to become yeah. more and more common as our as our culture moves yeah. moves further and further away from truth of this thing. So, to me, this is an area where there is. This is my personal. Like, I believe there is charity in this. Like, if you're not in the uh, affirming or not affirming or approving yeah. on whether or not attending the wedding is complicit with approving, I that is attention, and I think it is going to be nuanced in different situations based off of and and you know I don't know what clarif in this specific example, and I didn't read enough to know like what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like in this specific example, has there been enough communication to know? Like, no, I do not agree, but I love you and I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, yeah. I, so I understand the nuance, but I also understand why people would say, I also understand why people like, no way you shouldn't do this. I get that. Um, and to me, I would tell someone who was asking me for this is like, Hey, this is have you communicated this? Like, and then beyond like what, you know, scripture commands you to do. Like, I do think it is going to be an area where it's just going to be up. Like, what is God? What is the Holy spirit leading you to do in this? It's a matter of Christian conscious. Some people are going to disagree with that. It's fine. Um, It doesn't mean like, if you disagree with Alistair Begg's take on this, that like you shouldn't study him like because that's that's honestly where we even are in Christian culture is like one pastor says one thing and so we throw out, that we disagree with and so we throw out everything they've ever done or contribution and I don't do not think that we're at that point with him um, so that's just kind of my initial take on it yeah I I you know from his sake uh, you know I think he's he's trying to help this grandmother to maintain a relationship. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, with the aims of the gospel, I, I personally just have a really hard time understanding, like why me, why someone who's clearly like, "Hey, I don't agree with this choice; it's wrong." 
what the real value of Mm -hmm. going to the wedding would be because like, first of all, if somebody disagree with me marrying, marrying my wife, like why would I want them at the wedding? Yeah. Other than unless I feel like I'm trying to win them to that. Right. Right. And, and because I think that's the case, then I think that by coming, it does appear that way. Now, for me as a pastor, I'm like, I'm also thinking about how all other people role. view yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So my answer is if I wasn't a pastor and I was invited to my grandchild's, you know, because that's more that's close, right? Mm-hmm. Wedding, who's homosexual, would I go? I don't think so. Um, but I definitely my tone would not be mean, you know, yep. it'd be loving. But I think we've already had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, like they're not finding out when they, you when don't they get the wedding invitation. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I I understand, even though I disagree, I understand mm-hmm. why people think it keeps the bridge open. I just I just I just personally um don't don't think it's why I I I, and now it's different having them at your yep. house, like mm-hmm. maintaining them in your yep. life. But I just think coming to that, I just, yeah, I, I just don't think, I don't think it's good. But I mean, there's charity there, you know. And and I think with Beg again, you know, I think he's trying to, he's wrestling wrestling with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he says so many good stuff. I'm not going to throw somebody away because they <laughs> right. say one bad thing that I yeah. disagree with. Yeah, exactly. You, you, we have things we don't. We yeah. disagree with and each other. Different approaches or different, like, and oh, that's you know. what we're going to talk about on Boggy Talk uh, next week is all the things I disagree <laughs> all with things Justin we about. Disagree about. Just kidding. Uh, I can't uh, even think of them. So, yeah, I guess that's all the questions we have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, all right. So, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore in honor of this past Sunday's Super Bowl, which um, was won by the 49ers. Which was won. By <laughs> that's my guess, Chiefs. but it already happened. I, you say the Chiefs? We were, no. I, well, we're recording this right before the Super Bowl, so we don't know. I really hope, really hope the 49ers won. Not because I care about the 49ers, but I mean, I'm just, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm kind of one You're of those who's, of I'm tired. Yeah, I'm more of Patrick Mahomes, and no oh, offense okay. to those who like him. I'm allowed to have an opinion, right? He's very talented, though. He is talented. He is I talented. cannot that, not Knock that for sure. Brock Purdy, um, though, that's a cool story. It's a cool story. And he's pretty outspoken in his faith. I mean, you yeah. kind of like the whole, yeah. like, I mean, is anybody an underdog in the NFL? No, because no, you made Come it in the NFL. Stop. But, yeah. you know, it's a, a little bit of an underdog story. So, Mount Rushmore of Super Bowls. All right. So, this is our, our top four. And so, I'm going to let categories, you right? Yeah, three categories. And I'm going to let you start with the the. The four best Super the Bowls. Four best Super Bowls in okay. your opinion. And I do have to help you know this is post nineteen ninety one because I was eight before that and no seven before that and don't remember any of them. So the best Super Bowl games, uh Super Bowl thirty four, Rams and Titans. If you remember the Titans almost scored, they got stopped on like the oh. one yard line playing against the greatest show on turf. Mm, that I was do my senior this. year of high school. Sorry, Ely's. I know that probably brings back uh. bad memories for you. Super Bowl thirty six, just two years later when the Patriots uh, upset the Rams mm. with a little-known quarterback named Tom Brady for his first Super Wait, who, Bowl. Who's win. he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at that Tom time Brady? you had no idea. It was a close game. Yeah, um, that was a big deal. Then Super Bowl forty-two was when the Patriots had went undefeated mm. all season, and then the Giants beat them. Woo. 
Um, and, uh, man, it was pretty, and that's uh, a pretty big rivalry in and of itself. Well, I mean, every ride that time was a rival with the Patriots. Yeah, that is right. I mean, they did the game. The whole New York been a perfect season. Yeah. And that guy caught the ball. Remember, uh, David, uh, I don't remember a name, uh, the guy, man, why can't I remember his name anyway? And then lastly would be a Super Bowl 51, which was when the Patriots were down 28 to three to the Atlanta Falcons. And how in the world did the Falcons let them come back and win? Let me tell you how that was an impressive game. Listen, all right, so this is, I, 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 for this, this Mount Rushmore thing of Super Bowls, all the, I'm there for the food. <laughs> Let's be honest, you're playing a night to shine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't have time for Mount Rushmore or something you don't care about. But I was thinking, about. I was like, what, what Super Bowls stick out in my mind? And so my Mount Rushmore has one head and it is the, the bitter head of a Falcons fan <laughs> in 2017 and what you landed with when the Falcons had it in the bag. And then they literally just took the bag and threw the bag in a shredder and was like, meh. Because of the stage, it is literally the most epic comeback, uh, epic really comeback and most and epic they failure just self, of all time. They self-destructed. I mean, there's stories about the fact that they there's rumors that they went in at halftime and started drinking and they came out and some of the players were drunk the second half. It would which, be hot, hot Lana. I yeah, not be surprised. I mean, yeah. listen, y'all. I'm so wow. bitter. I'm only putting one head. And I, as a Falcons fan, I'm putting it up there as a reminder to the Falcons that every tourist will see that we deserve a championship and you better get it right you with this new coach you're bringing in. Though. So, yeah. I, gosh, don't get me started. Okay. Uh, but other than that, I'm there because I don't. I usually don't care about who's playing. I just okay. like, I like the game. It's fun to watch. And because of that reason, it all runs together in my mind. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So Super Bowl experiences, what was that one party? Uh, are you memorable for you? Um, you want to okay. go ahead. Yeah. So I'll start with Super Bowl 25, which was the first one I ever watched in 1991 uh, when the Giants uh, played the Bills. And mm-hmm. the Bills uh, missed extra point like at the end of the game. Wide, or missed field goal wide right. Also, the... Uh, War uh, in Iraq had just yeah. started, so like the halftime show, they didn't mm. they had like didn't even have a halftime show. Yeah, dude, like, they play, showed it later, and so that was very memorable. I remember I was on the couch in my parents' house watching that game. They're my house; I live there. Um, I would say Super Bowl Fifty, uh, which was uh, the Falcons and the Panthers, and that was memorable because uh, the Panthers not, are so not bad the fa- now, not the Falcons, I'm, the um. The Broncos are the Panthers. And I I, I was at my previous church and there were like five Super Bowl parties. Like we had really conveyed like live on mission, be missional. And I actually went to every one. So I was like like just bouncing around town uh, to every Super Bowl party Mm -hmm. that was going on just to make a presence and encourage because it was like all these people trying to live on mission. And it was really cool. Uh, Super Bowl 41 um, was the Bears and Colts, and I actually like the Bears a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colts won. Jesus was really glorified through. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, through Tom D- Tony Dungy. Oh, but here's what right. was crazy. Yeah, that's right. Here, here's why it's so memorable. We had had a Super Bowl party planned for the youth group. I was a youth pastor of, mm-hmm. and um, this is like boggy talk worthy. And we had a D now that weekend, and. We were playing on like 40 kids at the Super Bowl party at this pe- these people's house. And they had a big house, big yard, and you could play football there. And um, <laughs> we had f- 14 kids get saved. That's amazing. And we had all these students that want to come. It was like 70 or 80. And the lady flipped out on me. Yeah. It was like, those, those new kids can't come to my house. Oh, no. Oh, no. So our pastor ended up like... Basically, oh we had two Super Bowl parties. Oh, gosh. It was for the in crowd who'd been no. there. 
seriously. Oh. And then for all the new people, and some of the new people came because I I went to the one with that where everybody and then Monday was welcome. You went and burned that lady's house down. No, right? I did, <laughs> but and then Jesus is like, I, I mean, God's move, and then then the Bears lose, which frustrated me. But then the Colts like owner like uh, at the time you know they just were glorifying jesus tony dungy yeah. glorifying jesus i was like okay mm-hmm. and then my last and most memorable super bowl was on february 5th of 2010 it okay. was a friday two days before the super bowl okay i was my like my son wait. nathan uh-huh. was born Aww. our doctor let us go home saturday so he didn't have to check on us on super bowl <laughs> sunday yes. and one of the only two times that i've watched super bowl just at my house with my new baby second son in my arms watching yeah. the saints yeah win the Super Bowl. That's right. That's right. Well, what about you? Um, I I literally was trying to like go through the Rolodex of Super Bowl parties, uh, and I, they all, again, run together. You don't remember the game. So you just remember what you were doing. I do. I'm like- There was, some, there was this awesome dip. So that's right. So the one I do remember the most is the first time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, and the first time that they dirty lost- Dirty Birds. That was the Dirty Birds, right? Yeah, the right? Dirty yeah, Birds, yeah, man. Yeah. 99, I was, it was in college, and it was great because it was just like, I mean, went to school like not far from Atlanta. Wasn't Ray Lewis on the- and, Falcons, did he? I don't remember. And then he went to See, the Baltimore. See, this is, I remember, I remember the party. I remember maybe the people. Not, maybe but not. it was like our entire college dorm was just watching it. Okay. Today. It was just so much fun. And that's, every other party is just, like, it's always on a Sunday night. So uh, we usually have people like our life groups doing a, part, doing a party this time. Like we've done life group parties when we were in student ministry, always had students over at our house. So they're I, honestly, they run together. So again, I've got a one-headed I don't Mount know Rushmore. why I said that. He was not at all on the. I Falcons was like Ray Lewis. I don't remember. But they had that. some linebacker that was. Or did but Baltimore listen, beat them? No, they lost to the Broncos. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. But remember, the Vikings were really good that year, and y'all like the yeah. Vikings were fifteen and one. You guys were fourteen and two. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, because they had Randy Ma. Anyway, that yeah. was some good football. It was, years. It was, it was Dirty good, Birds. Yeah, yeah. they had man, the, the Dirty like Birds. A dance, so right? good. Yes, they did the Dirty Bird. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It was called the Dirty Bird. That's right. All right, so Super Bowl halftimes. Now I have a full headed. I have four heads for because of course the music, but uh, so I'll start this one. Okay. Uh, The first one I would say is, um, I I guess you probably would say he is the reason that the Super Bowl halftime show became what it is now in 1993. Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. You'll be hard pressed. That's right. You're hard pressed. I mean, all the the weirdness and the the crazy part of Michael Jackson. You're hard pressed to find someone with that much talent who. That that great of a showman, uh, and he really transformed because uh, the year before the Super Bowl halftime was a dud, and from that point on, it was sponsored. I remember it. Pepsi, Pepsi sponsored yeah. it, and it was like from that point on, it was like, how do we up the game? So I would say uh, he is That's uh, a good one. the first one. The second one is someone who's often compared to him, but in 2007, Prince. Oh, Prince. Oh, okay. That was a good show. Even though I didn't put it on my list because I felt there was some like weirdness to it. I was like, eh. Uh, Even though it was a great show. It was very entertaining. Prince, Prince, because Prince is so good. It was in Detroit too, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah. It was like, it was just, uh, I I think so. Yeah. It was just like- We could be making that up. You know, you can fact check all that. Uh, The other one, the next one is, this was actually just a couple years ago when Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. You knew that was going to be on mine. Uh, for sure. Uh, and here's why. Uh, it was highly, to me, highly entertaining just hearing these songs again and seeing them perform. But why I'll probably never forget is because we had a live group party and we were watching it. And then Bill Zink, who uh, he and his wife recently moved over this past summer back to South Florida. But Bill is one of the most straight-laced people you ever meet in your life. And we were watching it. And he literally sat down and just sang every Every word to every song. Probably and pretty I, monotone too. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just like, Bill, I just, I, I watched That's the show awesome. and I watched Bill and I watched the show because awesome. I was amazed that he knew all this. And then lastly, 
We and sent the kids out for that one. That's we right. like, yeah, it was. We we did keep the kids in their room. Yeah, yeah. 1994, uh, this sticks out to me some because the Super Bowl was hosted in Atlanta in 94, and they did a big country theme. Okay. And uh, it, I had to look up who the artists were. It was like Clint Black, Tanya Tucker. Okay. But they involved a ton of high Clint schools Black. from Atlanta. Wow. And so uh, some of the, my friends from school who were like, you know, I was in the band, and so they had like dance team, and they had cheerleaders like come oh, in and do like, so a lot cool. of my friends got to perform that's in it. Cool. So I was just a big deal. So that is a big deal. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'll go quickly. 2022, Dr. Dre and them. Yeah, that was, just so that good. was great. Yeah. Um, you're gonna laugh at me, but it was such a great production <laughs> in 2015. Katy Perry. Oh, the shark. Remember that? Yeah, the and, she, and she was like on a she's monster, a like giant stilts. Yeah. She's so, totally a meme but, for that now. But it was just such a big, and she it was a big production. It was That's impressive. So funny. It, yeah. it kind of harkened back to the day. Yeah. Because if you remember, like Mid two thousands, they kind of had to stop because of the whole Justin Timberlake, oh, yeah. Ja- mm. uh, Janet Jackson yeah. thing. Yeah, that he, was memorable, but not best. Yeah. No. Um, two thousand thirteen, when Destiny's Child reunited, that, Be- yeah. it was Beyonce and Destiny's Child. That should be up there. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. for sure. Right. That's, yeah. Right. And then probably the best one besides Dr. Dre and them was two thousand two. It was U two, and it was right oh, after nine yeah. eleven, yeah. and they did that, that street so with unifying. no name thing. Oh yeah. man. I know. That was emotional for yeah, people. Yeah, I know, yeah. Because it was right after, yeah, it was the yeah, first one after. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you too. I mean, come on, Bono. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love you too. They're good. They, they, oh, I love I'll, you too. <laughs> oh, there was such sincerity in your eyes in that moment. I realized it like mid-sentence what I was saying. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway. Oh, man. Well, um, hey, just a reminder... Uh, this week is Valentine's Day, so that's don't right. speaking of love, uh, don't miss. Don't that. celebrate the pagan holiday. That's oh, right. Wait. Oh, that's not what you're going. That's I'm gonna say. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, hey, thanks for tuning in. If you've got questions, any clarifications, or got suggestions, send them Boggy our way. Boggy Talk listeners, you are our Valentine. We love you too. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.